Gonna try it. Oh, this isn't going to work. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Cellar Dwellers podcast, a podcast that's dedicated to the best of the very worst of AFL football. My name's Sam. I am still, despite Carlton not having won a game, a Carlton fan up in Canberra. I'm joined, as per most times, depending on his internet, Chris. Chris, say hi. Hello. Hello. And uh, what, a, what a round it was. We, we did manage to put out some predictions about it. What a about, great round. Um, oh, so good. So good. And what it confirmed is nothing changes in football like football changes. Because over the course of the weekend, we, we predicted last week that there would be nine hours of torrid football on a Saturday. And we instead, we got nine hours of uh, pretty absorbing contests. It was great. It was tremendous. Listeners, we're so glad that you followed on with our suggestions to, that that weekend of terrible footy was actually going to be great and that you should watch terrible footy. Never was there a better example of this uh, this weekend than than the Q clash the Q the Q clash which I said beforehand well you could tell me anything happened and I'd believe it and what if I told you what if there was a world in which the most exciting game of the weekend and the most exciting brand of football played on the weekend was played by the neon Brisbane Lions mm. I I'd uh, struggle to believe you if I hadn't seen it myself um, they were just a, a terrific oh, game yeah terrific game. Um, it had everything um, except accuracy, uh, but it had, you know, uh, a comeback. You had um, the underdog coming over the top. Uh, it had Brian the Lion, which um, I'm very, we are always very much absolutely of. supportive of. Yeah, um, it had a it had, um, a had a miniature Gary, had AFL Cup. That's the you know you know they get a cup for winning the Q Clash. Yes, I think the they Q spell cup with a Q as well. I couldn't, I couldn't get up close enough, but I imagine it's not particularly well guarded at the Brisbane headquarters if you wanted to go and pinch it. Um, the, uh, you had Gary Ablett trying his best to lift Gold Coast mm. over the line, but um, uh, and that sort of that superstar era. You had Tom Lynch just running riot in the first quarter. Well, what was that? What was that over-under on Ablett last week? Uh, it was 40 touches. 40. Um, well, he got 24. And, so Yeah, it was comfortably, comfortably held by... Um, by Brisbane, um, and look, I the, there was one player who who stood out for me as just a really exciting um, player who I hadn't I, I knew about vaguely, but really hadn't, hadn't followed much up on, and that's uh, Pierce Hanley of the Brisbane Lions. Oh, like, I can kick good. the ball, like he really, just can. His, it, like shot shots a goal, but his field kicking was amazing. Yeah, and well, he got, he got um, that kind of he got seven inside fifties. Uh, 28 disposals, 18 of which were kicks. Now, <laughs> that's um, that's a pretty good stat line. He also kicked two goals too and had 10 score involvements, which you think, that's pretty good. Uh, until you realise that Brisbane had 37 <laughs> scoring shots and still only won by 13 points. That second quarter where oh. Brisbane kicked... Uh-huh. One goal nine. <laughs> One goal nine. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they play. They outplayed the Suns everywhere, but on the scoreboard. Uh, 
you know what? That, they had a lot of momentum, Sam. Um, and really, isn't Very the scoreboard momentum. a reflection game. of the momentum? Yeah, and that's why Gold Coast led at halftime after absolutely dominating the scoreboard in the second <laughs> quarter. Uh, they really had a lot of scoreboard momentum at yeah. halftime. Yeah. Um, look, it was a that was a that was a cracking game and a really a good sign for, for why you follow the lower end of the ladder teams because that's a sign for Brisbane that we haven't we never there was a couple of moments they had last year but that was the first game where I saw there were some players out there doing sustainable things at an elite level. Well, um, and I think and I think um, they have shifted their game plan around a little bit and. Perhaps the athleticism of their squad has improved to allow them to do that, but they're extremely aggressive, um, and they their their skills by foot are pretty well uh, sustainable now. Um, you know, this is this is the fourth week we've seen them be quite um, quite aggressive and attacking, and I think with um, the rule changes, not, not the, completely horrible. Yeah, yeah, and effort uh, applied, um, not necessarily across the four quarters or, or consistently, but um, at least it's there are signs that it's there and um, those uh, players that they have sunk some time and effort into um, are starting to uh, repay that, that investment. I absolutely agree. And look, it's a pretty exciting matchup this weekend for them, just to cast our eyes ahead. Uh, Saturday afternoon, no, or Saturday night, Saturday night game, one of the few times that you're going to get Brisbane... Um, in prime time, uh, and they're playing the Western Bulldogs. Now, that seems like a bad matchup. Uh, it probably is a bad matchup, but they've at least displayed the ability to to play in the way that the Western Bulldogs are, and that's mm. just a great. That's going to be a great game to watch. Well, and also the the doggies don't have a defence now, so I think nor do they have anyone to write opinion articles for them. It's a big <laughs> loss. Big loss from the wordsmiths. Um, the uh, other games of the weekend were. Uh, not as exciting for the no. for our four friends in the cellar. No. Um, let's let's start at the top of the cellar. But like, and we, we come to Collingwood, and never has there been so much ink spilt uh, over a team mm. which is mm. underperforming, but is also only two games out of the finals. One and one and three, four weeks in. Um, you know not that far behind the pace for where yeah. you think they might be. But it's the man- I think it's the manner of the losses, right? And, and even that victory. It um, sucks to lose to Melbourne because they're bad. Uh, yeah, I, I think Melbourne are inconsistent. I think, I think they, they, they played... Look, they played very well against North Melbourne. Um, and I think we're a bit unlucky not to get over the line there. No, that's fair. They, and then they, they did... That, that opening quarter barrage uh, against Collingwood was um, that was some very good football from Melbourne um, and, and Jack Watts in particular leading up kicked four goals um, <laughs> which is not a phrase that you say that often but no. Jack Watts in particular was pretty good Jack Watts getting four kicks is probably remarkable at this point <laughs> yeah. uh, look I, I think in terms of the overall assessment of the batch I think um, Nathan Buckley had it right at the end of the game in his press conference when he said, Australia is a wonderful island with a treasure trove of unique plants, animals, and people. Oh, wait, no, sorry, that's, uh, that's Amber Heard. Uh, I mean... Uh... <laughs> this is that's an extremely accurate take. Well done, Amber. <laughs> um, if you don't run, uh, front, run and get from this contest to that contest and outnumber, you're going to lose. 
Mm. And that's almost a message of where um, uh, interchange restricted football has taken us. Um, yeah. The ability for players to gut run from contest to contest is becoming so vitally important because that's what's generating the open possession on the wings. And yes, that's what is. Al- is allowing you to get the extra player running, running free. Um, and that's then, that is taking apart the zone. Mm. Um, mm. Getting an extra player to the, what was previously a one-out contest uh, or, or, you know, when, when you arrived, your man usually arrived as well or a second player was dragged over in the zone. Um, uh, that is no longer the case. Um, yeah, and I think and I think the um, look and Collingwood were beaten in that respect. This, they this were absolutely. They got sucked up the ground and and dropped on over the top. Is really what happened. You know, if if you look across, uh, not to rely too heavily on the stats, but if you look across the stat line, it's pretty even. Loss contested possession by four, but equaled. You know, contested marks, uncontested marks are all relatively even. They won the clearances. Um, but what happened is that they, it was the, yeah, it was the manner in which Melbourne was able to, um, basically cut apart their defensive line really meant that, uh, they were pretty much from the end of the first quarter, it was looking like it was going to be a blowout. Uh, Melbourne kicked six goals, two Collingwood kicked one goal, two. And um, I, I think there was it to, to revive something we used to talk about in terms of decisive indecisions, if there was something that Collingwood are doing wrong, it's. They rotate very hard to open players in the zone. They do, and that's yeah. what's yeah. and that's what's leading to all of like the, the these kinds of out the back opportunities that you're describing. Like when Melbourne had an open player on the wing, another player from Collingwood would vacate their zone and move to force that player to move the ball. But of course, they just created extra space behind them at that point, and it's almost like a vestige of the frontal press, um, which uh, players basically don't have the energy to sustain anymore. Yeah, and I think Not over the course. No, not over the course of the not over the course of the, the two hours, and um, not with the youthful squad that that Collingwood have at the moment. Uh, the the one thing that stands out for me is that it's it's really the manner in which they use the ball more than anything else, and it comes back to this narrative that we identified last week that ball use is is gonna is gonna be key. And again, the reduced interchange cap might be having an effect here because. If you can use the ball efficiently, then you're not you're not burning your players um, uh, out on the field, and um, I think that's why, for instance, when, yeah. for instance, you see Essendon able to to stick it with Geelong for three quarters because the way in which they used the ball, um, as much as was, there were times I was shouting at the TV about how boring it was, and this was my fear with John Walsfold coaching again. <laughs> They were extremely efficient with their ball use, and then were able to, you know, again, get it open over the back and uh, and stay in the contest. And, and, and I yeah, don't look, think Collingwood were able and to Essen- do that. Essendon really struggled to score in that game, yeah. probably as a consequence of that. Yeah. But it, it it created a higher because there was uh, fewer scoring opportunities overall because the match was slowed down. It created a higher variance opportunity. Mm. Um, there were fewer opportunities for Geelong to show show their class. Um, yeah, just to to wrap things up on Collingwood then. Am I going to be surprised if they make the finals? Yes, but I'll be equally surprised if they end up in the bottom four. There's a lot of talent on that list still, as against mm. some of mm. uh, the teams that are floating around towards the bottom at the moment. And it's and it's a list that you kind of feel is going to get it together. Mm. Um, if they fire Nathan Buckley in the middle of the season, I don't think that's going to make a big difference. Um, it, it'll no. be the same team. Yeah, yeah. Football's too hard these days to change you. There's not, there's not a massive strategy error going on. 
Yeah, and it's also they're not, they're not, they're not the Malthouse Blues, <laughs> which was yeah, that was a way to burn a list. Um, the the other the other point to make is that uh, there's there's such an emphasis on the head coach when really it's a coaching department, um, and that includes mm. that includes their um, recruitment division. Um, and I think when we look at um, the other team, that probably needs a bit of discussion in, in Fremantle. The Longshoremen have not had great list management uh, and not great recruitment, um, and I think that that's burning them now as well. Yeah, I mean they've got Adam Trelaw though. Um, yeah, yeah, and he got <laughs> you know thirty-one disposals and one goal, one, yeah. um, and looked good. looked good, looked good. And he's always been good, but when, when everybody else around him is okay, um, it can get shown up. Let's talk Essendon. Let's talk Essendon. They were okay. <laughs> like, I think they performed to expectations. Um, the reading of the game is that... better. The reading of the game is that they stuck with Geelong for a long time. And they kind of did. Like, it was relatively close there, and there were periods where they were in front. But Geelong kicked nine goals, 18, and most of those came in the third quarter. Geelong, in the third quarter, kicked one goal, seven, and they were all from gettable shots. But, see, here's the thing. I'll, I'll take all of that, and I, I won't buy that Essendon stuck with Geelong, because I agree that's not true. It felt like a 10-goal loss, and I thought that was okay. Um, well, that's know, that's. I, I think that's not, a pass. Like, like that's there where was, they're at. There's like there's that this 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 Essendon list is rough with problems. But you know, at one point, I, and I think it was Reynolds that was in the middle, but I I couldn't quite catch it. But they played a hundred ninety three centimeter ruckman. They played they played a six foot four ruckman at one point. Just just chucked him in the middle just to see what would happen. And we were talking about this last week as you know, try in, some in stuff. some ways, joking fashion, but. Try some stuff on, and that they showed hints of doing that this game, and I think that's going to be really interesting to see across the rest of the season. Just see where the their game plan can take them, and see how high end their um their their players can reach to. Like, what's mm. what's the outer limits of Darcy Parrish's mm. abilities? Mm. Can he play half forward? Um, yeah. The but God, um, like I think the challenge for me is that it is a and, and we'll get to a bit of this in a, in a sec, but their game plan is not one that's going to win them many matches this year. And it's, um, and maybe that's okay. Like the expectation is, well, people were expecting them to not win a game. I would like to see the last winless AFL season, by the way. But um, you've got Zaharakis on 34 disposals, then Fantasia and Merritt, Orazio Fantasia, probably the best name in the competition. <laughs> Um, uh, on 29 and, and Cooney on 28 before you get to a Geelong player uh, in Dangerfield. Um, that tells me that they're actually, like, yes, we've spoken about the efficiency of their ball movement, but maybe they're overusing it in a way um, because there was just oh, yeah, a lot definitely. of, there was a lot of chipping around the back line. Yeah, and I, I think it, yeah, and I think it says that they don't have the confidence in their squad to actually win a contest against um, against some of the more seasoned bodies. Think of the kids, got to support the boys. I don't know that it actually teaches them uh, a winning brand of football. 
But on the other hand, if you think of it that, if you think of the idea that, well, how are they going to, how are they going to feel? They they didn't get too roughed up in the end, uh, even at a ten goal loss. Uh, I think if they tried to play all out, move the ball wide, and try and mm-hmm. you know, there's so many just terrible skill errors. Orazio Fantasia of those twenty nine possessions, many of them were horrendous kicks. That guy can't hit the side of a barn uh, at an AFL standard yet. He might mm-hmm. he'll, he will get better, uh, but he's not there yet. Merritt's uh, a, a promising player, but again, a lot of skill errors. I don't know. I think it's that no, it's not the. It's not a game they were probably ever going to win. Um, I think they gave themselves kind of a chance to see if things could swing their way, and it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, um, you know, they, the, the number of turnovers on high half forward is they just got stuck. Um, oh, well, they got, tried to bomb yeah. it. they got stuck. And it's then, it's and either then... kick it to Joe Danaher or not. Well, <laughs> like yeah, that's and a, then you've got, you know, you've got Joe Danaher manned by Tom Lonigan. And, yeah. and then doubled and, up. Oh, and, and, then, then, Henderson, and, then, and then Henderson. Henderson and, and Harry Taylor just allowed to float free in the back line. Um, that's not a winning strategy against Geelong. It's never been a winning strategy against Geelong. Um, well, it's, it's, not, it's not a winning football strategy. They don't have the list to do it. No. Um, but let's talk about our current favourite player and, and Essendon cult hero, Tiwi Islander, Anthony oh, McDonald, Tipper Woody. He um, was incredible. Uh, what a game. He's a good player. Yeah. He's just a good player. He's just a good player. Like, mm. has a tremendous attack on the ball. Um, he's got good foot speed yeah. uh, for his size. I haven't seen him slip a tackle. Like, I don't, th- I don't think he's dropped a tackle in what I've seen him play. And I've seen him play three or four times now. No, he is a willing tackler. Um, he reads the play very well. So mm. he reads where to, when they're moving the ball from halfback, unlike a lot of Essendon's players, he reads how to run into space in a mm. zone with the flight of the ball or, or into useful spaces very well. Um, he had a couple of times when the ball was just kicked deep out to him when he was in defence and he just got lost. Yeah. Uh, his play is... And that, that's, a, that that's, a, that's a game knowledge kind of experience yeah, thing. Yeah, you know, he's a, he is an, he's a mature age recruit, but some of that stuff he may not be good at. He may just be a, a winger and, yeah. and an attacking-minded winger who's basically forced to play halfback. But... You know, Basha Hawley had a similar problem for a long time, and he's now a competent halfback. I think he is a well on his way to being a, a at the very least, a, a probably long-term AFL player. Um, yeah, I, on a list that's as bereft as Essendon is, that's a that's a pretty good sign. Yeah, he he worked hard, and the thing is, he worked hard all day, um, and particularly in those those last few quarters uh, where he. Um, you know, he continued to push, um, even though Geelong were really putting the burners on. He he worked pretty hard um, and was creative out of defence, which was, I think, more than you can ask for for a small defender. I think that's right. I mean, he's not, you know, he's and he's he's twenty two, so yeah. There's still ups. There's still plenty oh, of there's upside. plenty of upside. Yeah. Um, let's get then to a team that we. I think we don't necessarily agree about our opinion on this team. We are the Frio Dockers. And we the are not doing very well. The longshoremen are ill. The longshore. The, that's right. The Fremantle longshoremen. They were beaten again handily um, at Etihad Stadium by North Melbourne. Yeah. Um, in my view, they have a possibly the, the least. It's getting very close to the least athletic list getting around there now. Nat Fife doesn't look right. Um, if you think of the player that in rounds one to eight last year, well, he basically uh, won the brown off the could, back of those rounds. That's right. It was was playing 
almost without position, you could stick him anywhere, and he was he was devastating. He and but on the other hand, he's coming back from a, a pretty severe injury, and so, he keeps four goals. So yeah, like he's he, he can no Nat five can play. Um, can he? But if you're bow yes, down with a feather, that's my big call. Uh, uh, my <laughs> first, everyone. Uh, there's a couple of things. Raymond Brownlow medalist can play football. Uh, so they're below average in their disposal efficiency. Uh, they don't get the ball. They're about 30 possessions down on the league average. Uh, but in a shocking turn for well, and showing the loss of uh, one of uh, his gen- the generation's most dominant players, uh, they are s- more than 30 percent below uh, the competition average in hitouts. Um, they're they're yeah. only getting 33 a game. Yeah. Um, and it used to just be an easy way to get a clearance. Like if they just needed to stabilize it some way. You just get Sanderlands to slap the ball forwards, and the loss of Aaron Sanderlands means that they're not winning uh, the clearances. They're giving away; they're getting second service to the ball. So I think they're giving away one or two free kicks a game. That's getting easy possession to the other side, and all of that means that that tackle pressure that built and built and forced teams into moving the ball in uncomfortable ways, which is again, as we've discussed, impeded by the the rotation cap, meaning that those players are just a bit more tired and they're a bit older. They're not that defensive force just isn't there, and the the long-awaited offensive resol- revolution that um, people have said is necessary for Freo. Just I think it's time to give up on that. That's not going to happen. They don't have the personnel for it. No. Um, and, I... and one final other one one other problem for them is Zach Dawson still plays fullback, and <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> I'm not necessarily a Zach Dawson is the worst fullback in the league kind of guy, but he's but close. Zach Dawson. Zach Dawson is not athletic. No. Zach Dawson can't kick, and he, he can, can punch with his right hand. Yeah, and he can kind of handball. Um, no, I don't think there's room in, in a in he a is, body. He is a he is a liability. My read on them is slightly different from yours. Um, so I think there's two combining factors here. One, um, their list is old, right? It's not the oldest in the competition. They did just lose to the oldest list in the competition. It's you're right in the way that it it's never been a super athletic list, um, and and Ross Lyon's game plan did used to suit that. So a lot of stoppage play, a lot of inside play means that um, their larger kind of crunchier bodies can can kind of dominate uh, stoppage play. They've been on the slide for a little while in the way that we people suspected Port Adelaide were on the slide for a little while. Um, and that's now turned into a full-blown route. Um, I think that Fremantle, from really since Nat Five's injury onwards, had been on the slide last year. Um, and not to talk about momentum in a positive light, but if you have a look at the quality of the opposition that they they beat and they lost to in the last half of 2015, after they had the minor premiership effectively sewn up. Um, they didn't really beat any any teams of, of major note other than um, uh, Sydney and and Richmond. Um, yeah, I mean, other than, other than that, other than that finals game where they beat you know one of the great modern clubs in a team that made the grand final the with no year. with no Buddy Franklin and that's okay uh, and a number of and and you know no Luke Parker no you know at home I think that um, and they only won by nine points. I think there's an argument to be made that they've, they've been a bit patchy for a while. On top of that, I really suspect that the game, the the changes to the rule interpretations 
absolutely hampered their ability to create stoppage situations. I I, I agree with that. Just it's it's just shocking to think that this team was finished first at the end of the last season, Comfort, comfortably first. Um, yeah, yeah. But remember, remember. Um, so when the Brisbane Lions went three in a row and then went for the fourth, uh, they did make the grand final and got pasted. Just how quick that drop off was. Yeah, like they. Yeah, it, it, when it when it ends, it can end. It can somewhere. end. Yeah, and I I suspect it ended last year. I actually suspect it ended the year before um, when they got done by Hawthorne by thirty something points. The writing's been on the wall for this this game plan for a while. It's been acknowledged by Ross Lyon, probably, and this is the this is the the most difficult thing about it is that Ross Lyon in front of a press conference is still one of the most entertaining things. You'll, you'll see <laughs> after the game is finished um, because he's he's repeatedly said we need to kick more more points. The flip side of that is... That he's particularly very enthusiastic on them scoring more points than their opposition, which yeah, is a good what? idea. That's strange. That's a... Wow. But I also think... So uh, this is the other part of it. They're, they're the other side of it. They're tied with Carlton. They're tied with Carlton, which is kind of... That's, I would, somebody should do some research, <laughs> first toilet not us. Not week. us. <laughs> someone should do some research. No, we definitely don't trust us to do research. No, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do Unless it. But someone, when was the last time? Podcast. When was the last time, other than the opening round, that Fremantle and Carlton were tied? That's. I want to know when that happened. Let us know, statisticians. I think as much as the scoreboard says this was a total pasting, they were really like they were pretty close for a long time. And one, their kicking let them down. You know, they convert some of those shots and they convert them at the same rate that um, that North does Lee, and Lee they're Lee only Lee. a goal they're only a goal off. It's just that going none and four against the opposition that they have gone none and four against says that there's still a fair bit of work to do. And um, I'm not sure that Ross Lyon is the right person to do it in a way. Um, historically, you know, with the Saints and now with Fremantle, has not been able to blood young players. Um, and yeah. he'll always go, okay, this is my best 22, I'm going with it. They haven't shown the same instinct that, that Hawthorne, Geelong and Sydney have shown to move older players on to say, you know, we need to, we need to keep our list profile at a certain level. Um, I, I agree with that. Um, it, it hasn't shown an ability to rebuild a list. We've got our first toilet bowl next week, though, uh, which is exciting. Fremantle Carlton, uh, Sunday afternoon. It's definitely the best game of, of the weekend. You know, ignore your West Coast Sydney uh, yeah. or your Hawthorne Adelaide. No, those are dice. Uh, set aside Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other one that I think we can watch with interest is Collingwood Essendon. Yep, that's going to be another cracker as well for our. It's a real, it's a real weekend of the toilet matchups. This, guys, this is a. I hadn't even realised that. I couldn't be more excited for another for what's already been a terrific start to the year of mm. bottom of the ladder AFL. Yeah. Um, we've got the bottom four matched up. This yeah. is this is tremendous. Yeah, this will um, this will have a big so, effect because given the given the win losses that we're at this early in the season, <laughs> um, the uh, you know depending on the caliber of the win. For Fremantle or Carlton, they could find themselves not in the bottom four uh, very handily a, at the end. There's of it. a real possibility. There's a yeah. very real possibility for Carlton that this this is their time to escape. This is their time. Their only time. Well, we're going to talk about Carlton a little bit later in the show. Uh, let's 
let's get now uh, as we're running. We're running pretty solidly on time here. Mm. Um, let's talk about the worst take of the week. Oh, this um, isn't it a take, Sam? If I ask you, do you reckon footy usually finds a way? No. That's an interesting one because uh, because Sam McClure of the Age thinks that um, footy does find a way. Is is footy is footy some kind of like I accept the idea that maybe there's a marketplace for finding efficiencies in a particular rule set and yep. that the most efficient construction can lead to competitive advantages. That would make sense. But does footy as a whole find a way? No. No, it definitely doesn't. Oh, that's... Uh, <laughs> there are always terrible teams. There are... <laughs> and there is always terrible football being played. Yeah. So this take is called I Hate the New Out of Bounds Interpretation. Uh, it's by Sam McClure in The Age. came out during the middle of the week. And it sucks. Oh, it's a Chris, very bad take. It's an extremely Chris, bad take. What would you say the worst argument dear Sam McClure uses uh, in support of his, his case? Yeah. I've, I've got one picked out personally. I've, I've got a personal one as well, and I have flagged it earlier this evening, which is that um, the, uh, the 2005 and 2006 grand finals between West Coast and Sydney oh. were magnificent oh, contests. me too. Because I hated those grand finals. They were they were close and they were interesting. But yes, let's but not they would use that at all. Don't no, get them twisted. No, no, no. Because that was a dirge of a contest. You know, they they were very close and good on them for being close. But the the, the two thousand five and two thousand six seasons were hard to make it through as football fans. You know, it was ten years ago, and so maybe it's it's too hard to to tell. Jesus Christ, they were terrible. It's telling that the next year, two thousand seven. Geelong wins the grand final with the highest margin ever. That is a yeah. cataclysmic shift in the way football was played for the better. Um, it brought attacking football, and, and we've had a number of um, commentators say that... That's yeah. right. Oh, and it was one of the most exciting teams of the generation. Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. was um, that Geelong team. Yeah. And so, yes, you know, he goes to list Judd, Goods, Cousins, Kirk, Kerr, Davis, and Embley uh, as these players who were incredible players and that's true they were incredible players but they were used in such a way that was i think damaged um damaged football in the way football was played for that era was bad for football yeah so that is that's not a good argument my other the other least favorite thing he does is he just goes in and quotes directly from a radio broadcast and so he goes in and he quotes a 3 double broadcast where they say Australia is free of many of the pests and diseases of the commonplace around the world no, sorry again, <laughs> sorry <not>. sorry <laughs> no uh, what he goes what he goes in and he quotes Cameron Ling saying I think it's a good rule but that was a bad interpretation and thus uses a bad interpretation of the rule as an example to attack the rule that's not how this goes, my no, friend. No, no, it's not. No, uh, it's very bad. Um, it's a bad. It's a bad take. It's it's not even entertaining. It's well, it's, it's, a, it's mishmash no, it's of uh, it's short sentences, mm. and it's these. It's these. One of these bad takes that springs anew every year. Every time there's a change in the rules, yes. somebody says, "I do not like the change in the rules," and you can predict it. You know, round four is the usual time in which yeah. these appear. Yeah. Um, and lo and behold, once again... Well, these takes, these takes, you can't just take them out of the oven straight away. You've got to wait till they're hot. Yeah. And 
and Sam has come in with Sam has come in with his hot take. And once again, football's pretty good. Sure, is this change? You know, do, do changes happen that sometimes make football less interesting, more interesting? Yes, no. This one seems to be working. Yeah. Um, everyone seems to be pretty happy with it. So. Yeah. Sam, and, and sorry, just to go into the comments section, I'm going to call out uh, oh, no. Toad. Yeah, no, oh, no, just wait. Just, <laughs> I've done it because there's actually an intelligent comment down here and you'll be shocked. But I want to call out Tony T. You've asked the wrong question. Let's be clear. Part of the onus is not on proving that the player only wanted the ball out. It is about putting the onus on the player to do whatever they can to keep the ball in play. And... That, I think, is a, is a major shift in the way that the game is played. And you've seen a number of situations over the weekend and the, and the previous three rounds where defenders have been harried into a turnover by aggressive uh, forward defence, um, forcing them to... And, and because of the interpretation, they don't want to give away a free kick. And you've also seen some amazing get-out-of-jail plays um, in, that, in those backline situations. I think that it definitely creates more compelling football, less stop-start. Um, we've already seen the number of stoppages decrease. Well, I think that it's a rule that is going to stay around. So I'm sorry, um, Sam, Sam McClure. Go back to watching soccer. Get back to soccer, Sam. Mm. Um, let's move on to uh, our favourite section of the week at the moment, and mm. let's talk about the club that we haven't talked about yet. Let's find the worst thing for sale in the Carlton Football Club shop. Yes, this is the this is the shop which inspired this segment. So <laughs> there is some. I, 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 I could, actually have two items to go in today. So I don't know um, how Chris has possibly managed to find two items. It took me a solid fifteen minutes of searching around. Tasteful, classy apparel and items for your home. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will say that that, that beautiful that, the, cursive. Yeah, bound the bound in blue, blue text, lettering. The glorious, is... the glorious logo, the navy blue and slate grey combinations. Ah, oh, it's a delight, ladies and gentlemen. It is a delight. Feast your eyes <laughs> on the Carlton Football Shop. You won't find any automatic playing dramatic videos here as you do with Brisbane. You'll find a really quite good garden gnome. You'll you won't just see. Uh, this is not your run of the mill shop. This is a mm. this is a, a classy venture. And mm. and Chris, uh, I'll go first because. I feel that you'll probably applied yourself uh, <laughs> with, uh, with, it's with renewed vigour to this task. <laughs> you could not have been more excited. Look, yeah. my one's pretty simple. If the rule is, what would you do? Would you, what, what would you do if someone gave this to you? If someone buys me the Dale Thomas T-shirt, I'm throwing it out. I'm not keeping that. Unlike Carlton, because they are keeping that. If only if I could be told that buying the T-shirt would be a way of reducing the length <laughs> that's left on Thomas's contract, or somehow you know arranging an early payout so we can't see him scrub kicks on the <laughs> run anymore, uh, I'd be completely on board with it. Um, that Thomas thirty-nine on the back just feels like a Malthouse level betrayal. And to speak before we get to yours, Chris, the other thing to say is that Carlton have done a beautiful job scrubbing Mick Malthouse from the shop. Oh, they have. Uh, last year, this had. Various memorabilia in relation yeah. to the Mick Malthouse games record stuff. Mm. Uh, there was Mick Malthouse books. Uh, now, if you search Malthouse on the Col- Carlton shop, no results found. Well done, McCarlton. Well, well done. done I will point out that the Dale Thomas tea is currently on sale, $15 off for $25. Bucks. Yeah, it's almost 50% off and yeah. a bad deal at that. <laughs> That's about 60% more than the rest of the market was prepared to pay for that T-shirt. <laughs> but you're not bitter. Yeah, it says, it's, it says, where's one size larger than expected? 
It's the perfect, uh, I've got another week off with an ankle injury. <laughs> it's, you know. Wear it at home in bed when yeah. you're off on a sick day at work. Yeah. That's extremely accurate. Because you are not wearing that to do exercise in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm, I'll go to mine, um, which I think on the face of it uh, is, is, is probably the most offensive one in the, in the, in the shop. Uh, and that's a book. Now, not many shops sell a book, but it is Carlton. So they are going to try and educate their fan base. Um, um, look, world's, world's, let's just be very clear, the world's best bookshop readings found in Carlton. Found in Carlton. Uh, yeah. I, I, for one, am not surprised that Carlton, I'm surprised that we sell this. <laughs> surprised. Are you surprised that you sell this? Because I'm shocked. Um, Gus and Wolsey's French Revelation, A Dog's Point of View. It's written by Gus and Robert Walls. Now, Robert Walls, um, premiership coach for Carlton, got the sack from Carlton, um, relatively well-respected football commentator now, um, has gone on a, on a tour of the south of France. It's just the most Carlton. It's the most Carlton thing. Um, he's spent a year for, living for a in... a year. Yeah, a year in southern France. Uh, Sam, you'll need to say this for me, but uh, Saint-Rémy-de-Provence. Saint-Rémy-de-Provence. Yes. Um, yeah, trust the Carlton, a beautiful trust, area of the country. Trust the Carlton fan to be fluent in French. Um, and the uh, he and his dog have written a book about their <laughs> French experience, and it's told from the dog's point of view. <laughs> So the this reasons so I love this, the reasons I love this, uh, one, it has nothing to do with Carlton other than it's written by, written by Robert Walls. Two, the description mentions the death of his first wife. I know. Why? <laughs> Which is just Following really... the sad passing of his first wife, unnamed, Robert has met someone new. Her name was Julie. <laughs> And for his birthday, she had bought him a boxer puppy named Gus. What? Yes. Why is that necessary? I don't know. I don't Why know. Why is that a selling point? There are no reviews of it. It will only cost you 20 bucks. Um, if you remember, it's 19 bucks. Um, and it has it- uh, a very nice picture of Robert Walls staring creepily from a door at, at a very sad boxer on the cover. Um, it's a really upset boxer. Yeah. Why did you do this to I want to I want to read um, the sentences which the boxer wrote. Like, if the boxer uh, gets a writing credit, then I want to read It's a unique those. and highly entertaining account of a beautiful adventure had by a man, woman, and their dog. I thought it was his dog. No, 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 um, no. It's actually... You know what it is, is you, <laughs> you, you get this in the mail and you open it up and... It's just a copy of Marley and Me. New dust cover over the front. Yeah. Now, um, speaking, the- speaking of DVDs, I'm going to move on to my other nomination for the worst oh. thing you can buy in the Carlton shop, which is the DVD. I'm of very the- upset by this book. I don't know if I can deal with it. <laughs> it is the DVD of the 2012 Carlton victories. Oh, no. Now, listeners... Listeners, you may note that 2012, according to Wikipedia, is the 116th season in the AFL to be contested by the Carlton Football Club. The club finished 10th out of 18 teams, missing the finals for the the first time since 2008. 
and they want you to relive the victories. Now, the best part of this is that you think, oh, yeah, that's going to be all of them. No, it's not. No, no, no. What you have to do is you pay 35 bucks for one game at a time. 25 if you're a member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you can only get one game. Oh, no. <laughs> so to get all 10 victories, it will cost you a cool $332.50. At which point... You're making some very Carlton-like <laughs> financial decisions. Uh, so yes. Let's be clear. I mean, which one are you going to pick? Look, for me, it's got to be the game against the Gold Coast. Anytime you can bask in the glow of beating a team by 120 points. Or maybe it's the 76-point win over Melbourne. Uh, I might have been at that most of that game, actually. I had to go to the airport towards the end, but yeah, it was pretty comfortable. Um, <laughs> the Let's just kind of check here. Have they included... They have not. At least they've had the decency to not include the drawn game against Essendon, which was definitely the most exciting game of the year. <laughs> so, like their best achievement was was probably drawing with Essendon. You know, Essendon finished eighth on the ladder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you then lost to Gold Coast. Oh wait, no, I've, no, sorry, I've gone through. No, I've gone the wrong way. I'm in the. I accidentally went to the 2011 AFL season. Oh no. No, things are getting much worse now. <laughs> There's a lot of red on that ledger. Oh. Um, what are you to pick? 96 points over Essendon's pretty good. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, it's, yeah, that, I'd probably live with that. I could watch that. If, oh, no, 20. No, it's, you pick the win over. You pick the two wins over Collingwood. You shell out a cool $70. <laughs> 70 bucks. Yeah. And you just get the... the the last year that we beat Collingwood twice in the same year. That is worth reliving. Every weekend on a Saturday morning, just pop those bad boys out, put them on two TVs at once, and just let that flow over you. Mm. That'd be quite good. See, I'm not upset anymore about this. I, if someone bought me both of those DVDs, I'm keeping them. I am. Okay. I am. I'm not keeping that fucking book about the dog. <laughs> Robert Walls' self-published dog fantasy. As the Carlton fan, I think it's only fair that you have the final verdict here. Which yeah, that is, bit, that, that, that like your choices book, are clearly between... That garbage delivery. <laughs> I'd be so upset if someone bought that for me. Yeah, but then the, other, the trade-off is... The trade-off is Daisy Thomas t-shirt. Oh, I'd be real mad about that as well. No, I'm more upset about the book. The <laughs> fact that I now have to lose what skerrick of respect I had for Robert Walls. It just has to disappear. And that's upsetting. That's historically upsetting as a Carlton fan. Well, there you go. There oh, you have no. it, listeners. We've managed to make Sam Gosson extremely Walls sick. French Revelation. Like, you didn't even have the decency to charge it. French Revolution. No, no, you're no, going to be... Look at this. It's a play on words. It's a revelation. It's a dog. What's the revelation? Ah, oh, I shouldn't poop inside the house. <laughs> they got really mad when I ate all that chicken. Uh, I'd do it again. Yeah, good. <laughs> well, I'm kind of dreading um, uh, three weeks' time, four weeks' time when we get to the Geelong shop, but this was probably my favourite one so far, if only to make this, you extremely this, this. angry and upset. <laughs> Uh, so there, there you have it, oh. listeners. Uh, if you want to upset the Carlton fan in your life, 
go, go out and buy Gus and Wolsey's French Revolution. Oh, hurt me. I'm sorry, I'm just... It's, oh. We might need to ship Sam off to the emergency department now. I can't, I can't deal with this. Oh, what's the football on next week? We've talked about this. It's all about Sunday and Monday. Yeah. It's all about Sunday yeah. and Monday. Sunday can, and Monday. Can Carlton have a French revelation against Fremantle <laughs> on domain? Probably not. No, probably not. Nor, the given the showings from this shop this week. We, if any team's not going to win a season, it's not until we get rid of that book. So go buy them all up. Maybe he'll write another one. <laughs> no, he'll write no, he'll He'll write American, American Travelation. Amer- American. <laughs> He's dec- his declaration. Yeah, there you go. Inadvertence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so do so. Just let's get this back on track here. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, okay. All right. All right. And then you've got Collingwood <laughs> and Essendon on yeah. Monday. On Monday, so do watch both. <laughs> That's it for this week. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Chris, do you want to say bye? (laughs) No, I can't. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Enjoy the terrible football. (laughs) Please don't buy that book. (laughs) Bye, everyone. (laughs) Australia is a wonderful island with a treasure trove of unique plants, animals, and people. It has to be protected. Australia is free of many pests and diseases that are commonplace around the world. That is why Australia has to have such strong biosecurity laws. And Australians are just as unique, both warm and direct. When you disrespect Australian law, they will tell you firmly. I am truly sorry that Pistol and Boo were not declared. Protecting Australia is important. Declare everything when you enter Australia.